0: Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz podcast at TheHuddle.com with your hosts, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz.
1: welcome back to the blitz podcast i'm your host steve gallo and as usual if you're not a listener on a week-to-week basis then you won't know this but if you are you do know this i've got my trusty sidekick harley schultz with me harley how's it going this week
0: well you know what uh, two straight weeks of uh dfs success for me uh always puts me in a uh, bright and sunny mood uh, another uh, fairly good payday uh, particularly in the afternoon only slates yesterday so you know what it's time to celebrate uh hopefully we'll get uh some good advice out to our listeners for this week as well.
1: Yeah, I know I was kind of rooting for you. Not, not just this week, but the week before when it looked like you had a chance to really land a, um, top five type spot in a very large DFS tournament, but it was not to be,
0: you know, anytime you can finish inside the top 100 in a tournament of more than 75,000 players, it's really, really impressive. And, uh, I I've had the opportunity to finish uh top 100 before in a couple of tournaments, but, uh, that was definitely one of the tournaments that I was more excited about playing in. And when the time came and I looked at how close I really was, it, it was really amazing that uh, it, it literally came down to half a yard.
1: So then let me ask you this question. If somebody were to ask you, Should I trade for Amir Abdullah? Should I start Amir Abdullah? How do you feel about Amir Abdullah?
0: Well, you know what? Uh, if you had asked me before this past weekend's games, I would have said go ahead and dump his sorry butt. <laughs> but he actually got the goal line touches again this week, so just not when you maybe him. just maybe uh, the tide is turned and Detroit's serious about giving him a chance to be both a two-down back and a goal line back rather than just a two-down back.
1: Yeah, it's just that, I'm, I, I was trying to, I was a little facetious here, but it's a shame because he lost the coach's confidence in the fourth quarter last week, or the week before, I should say, when you really needed him to come through at a couple of goal line spots where he didn't get the ball because of that.
0: Well, that's the nice thing about Daily Fantasy, is you really do need to have that uh, short memory span, and uh, fortunately, my Petula Abdangata or whatever controls the longer portion memory of my uh, of my mind, was long gone several dozen years ago, so... Uh, We've got to just roll on a short-term memory and hopefully uh, pick out the best players from a week-to-week basis.
1: You don't need just a short-term memory with DFS. You need it with prognostication, too, whether you're picking um, against the spread, not against the spread, or even just doing projections. Short memories, people, short memories. So I don't know. I think there was quite a bit of stuff this week that I'm a little bit interested um, to get called up and see what we have lined up for this week's Blitzed Podcast News.
0: Thank you, Steve. Oft-suspended linebacker vontes Berfect was ejected from Sunday's game following contact with an official. After further review, the contact seemed unintentional in its nature. But due to Berfect's history, he was immediately tossed from the game. It will be interesting to see if Vantes is suspended or fined this week. He should have a solid case for appeal since his very own teammate – A.J. Green, was not suspended for a rear-naked chokehold the prior week. <laughs> Running backs felt like dominoes this week, as Aaron Jones, Rob Kelly, Ty Montgomery, and Devonta Freeman all sustained injuries, and none of whom are expected to play in Week 11. It shouldn't be too big of a loss for fantasy owners, however, since none of them have done much of anything statistically The last few weeks, anyways. (laughs) I usually am fairly cruel in my commentary during this segment, but I need to give huge praise to Marquise Goodwin, who not only played, but played well and scored on a long touchdown just hours after witnessing his newborn son pass away. That type of commitment to team is unprecedented in today's me first world. I've never been blessed with children but I'm certain that I wouldn't be at work and performing well the very same day if I had lost one. The NFL should seriously look to reward Goodwin for his actions. My first recommendation would be awarding him to a team that is capable of winning more than one game per season. (laughs) Ezekiel Elliott traveled to Europe for workouts and to keep himself in game shape during his suspension. That's bound to be a great idea. Let's send the troubled youthful running back to countries where marijuana is legal and there are several topless beaches. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and finally, going into week 10, the Buffalo Bills had allowed eight rushing touchdowns on the year. So obviously, we all knew that they would allow six rushing touchdowns to the New Orleans Saints. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and even Drew Brees scored for the Saints. The Bills couldn't keep anyone out of the end zone. It got so bad that even they even allowed a streaker to run all the way down the field. Of course, it wasn't just the Bills' defense that was bad. The streaker finished with more rushing yards than the entire Bills' offense. <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update.
1: Man, um, the Goodwin stuff. I, I don't know. we don't Again, people, we don't discuss stuff in advance, so everything you get is natural and free-flowing, et cetera. I don't know if I'd have signed off on that, um, but because 99.9% of it was actually a very nicely put gesture with regards to him, um, it's just that's heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. My wife and I were talking about that tonight. I don't know how he went to work, honestly.
0: I I could I couldn't imagine doing that.
1: No, my wife and I lost. She had a miscarriage a few years ago, and she even said, "I I can't like I know what that's like. I can't even imagine having one and then losing it." So, well, I think both of us
0: uh, in the last year have lost uh, pets. Yes, it's even hard to go to work and concentrate on work the day following something like that. And again, taking nothing away from people who are proud parents to fur babies, but. it's.
1: It can't even be anywhere it, close. It's to a
0: that. pet. It's it, it's yeah. hard to even compare the two.
1: Yeah. So all I can say is our prayers go out to Goodwin, his family, friends, and even his San Francisco family. So, let's move on. Though um, you talked about making some good coin the past couple of weeks on DFS. So why don't we just jump right into our DFS <coughs> segment and talk about who we're, on, who we're staying away from, and who are some our great buys.
0: Sounds good. Uh, Well, let's roll right with the quarterback position to start. And I'm going to stop,
1: stop, stop, stop. Let's guess. What's our percentage of agreeing this week?
0: Uh, Let's see. So we've got 12 different slots. So I am going to say we agree on three of them.
1: I'm going to go with five. Okay. We'll see when we're done. Three of 12, five of 12. All right, hit it. Go for it.
0: Uh, I'm going to pay up for Tom Brady at Oakland. Uh, Tom Brady just torched the no-fly zone in Denver. Can you imagine what he's going to do against the no-coverage zone in Oakland? The Raiders had a week off to try and get healthy, but it didn't help them because they still have several players missing in their defensive secondary. They're coming off allowing seven passing touchdowns in their last three games. Brady's going to pick them to shreds. Guess what? We're One, one for
1: one? We're one for one.
0: I thought this was a pretty easy take. uh... For Brady this week.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. Now this one I'm not so sure about. Who are you passing up on?
0: I pass on Jared Goff at Minnesota. Now, Goff has been electric this season, but he's traveling to Minnesota. The Vikings have allowed one or fewer passing touchdowns in each of their last six games, and seven of nine so far this year. Now, recency bias will show that Goff has seven passing touchdowns over his last two games, but prior to that he faced three very good pass defenses and during those three games, he threw for a total of two touchdowns. So, good pass defenses can shut down the aerial attack of the Rams, and Minnesota has a good pass defense.
1: Well, we disagree. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't avoid him because I think I would, and actually, I own him in a league, and I'm probably going to sit him for Matt Stafford. I'm um, Matt Stafford. I looked at Matt Stafford's name because he's right there above him for Kirk Cousins. Um, but the guy I'm staying away from is Drew Brees. Yes, he's at home. Yes, he's on the turf, which is should be good. Here's the thing. This offense has just completely morphed. He's only thrown for over 300 yards twice all season. Um, and in three of his last five games, he's failed to have more than one touchdown passing. So, of course, I'm probably going to help all Breeze owners by saying, avoid him this week, and he'll probably go off for 450 and three and run two in. Um, But just based on matchup against Washington, which I believe that, you know, we've got Josh Norman back again for another week. He's another week healthy. Add all that up, I think we see a big ground attack to go after Washington, and Breeze underperforms.
0: I can get behind that. Uh, Again, Breeze, I I wouldn't really say he's underperformed this year, but he's not performing at the level we associate Breeze with, at home at least.
1: Correct. He's not Breeze-like.
0: What do you have for a value play this week?
1: Oh, I think I promised I would never ever, ever do this again, and let's see uh, the game's on we're not too far into us so i don't I can't look at that for any help yet, but um, I'm gonna use Jay Cutler at home against that Tampa secondary
0: do we have like a a booing sound effect we could put in the background
1: here, yeah, right. <laughs> So that's, yeah, I'm going with Cutler. I'm going down deep. I'm going for some serious, you know, cheap guys, $5,400 on DraftKings, 6600 on FanDuel. So are we in agreement, or do you have somebody different? You have somebody different.
0: Well, yeah, I do have someone different. And if, if you say that's going deep, I guess I'm going to be one of the 39 miners stuck down in, su- in South America in the mine down there for like 39 days or whatever the heck that story was from a few years ago. Because I've gone all the way to the bottom of the barrel here. I'm choosing Blaine Gabbert at Houston. Houston has allowed three or more passing touchdowns four times in their last seven games. And get this, over their last three games, they've allowed an average of 372 passing yards and three touchdowns to, to three okay quarterbacks. Now, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. We're, we're allowing them facing mediocre quarterbacks and giving up that type of yardage. Blaine Gabbert. There's your starter for this week at 4900 on DraftKings, 6000 on FanDuel. You're not going to get any cheaper, uh, and you're realistically not going to get that much better production even out of the high-priced guys.
1: So listen, he was somebody I did look at. The reason I wound up going with Cutler was the difference between being home and away. But I, I like your logic. Let's move it into the running back spot. Let's see if we can knock another one off so I can get to my five.
0: At running back, I'm going to pay up for Kareem Hunt at the Giants. The Giants have injuries to every single one of their linebackers. It has led to them allowing a combined line of 350 yards and three touchdowns on the ground to opposing running backs over the last two weeks.
1: So, um, would you like to know what the answer is?
0: Uh, We do not match here.
1: No, we actually do match. I had it (sighs) down to Hunt and one other guy. And I was really, really, really close to going with Leonard Fournette, especially after disappointing this week. But Cleveland does have a decent run defense, and I just couldn't pull the trigger because I can't tell if there's something in the background from Tom Coughlin that's going to limit Fournette's touches until something gets figured out there. So I like Hunt. I think a lot of people are probably looking at him as, can I trust him? Can I trust him? Yes, I think you can trust him. Having Olivier Vernon back for the Giants this past week. That doesn't make me love it as much as I would have, um, but I think he's a solid play if you're going to pay up for any of those top five guys. Well,
0: and I think we may actually talk a little bit more about both of these guys in our next segment coming up. Where We're we're going to break down some of the uh, rookie class of this season.
1: Yep, absolutely. Okay, who are you staying away from? I guarantee you we agree on this one, too. I'll go first. Go for it. I'm staying away from Todd Gurley.
0: Bingo! Two for two. Or two for five, I guess.
1: That's our. That's three right there, buddy. So you better hope that I whiff on the rest of them.
0: Okay. Well, Minnesota's allowed a league low, uh, league second low, 3.4 yards per carry to opposing backs. They've only allowed three running back touchdowns all season. Plus, only five teams have allowed fewer receiving yards to opposing running backs. So you can't even count on Gurley getting a bunch of yards through the air in this game because... Minnesota's tough against them on the ground. They're tough against them through the air. The linebacker core in Minnesota is very fast and very, very solid. Uh, Gurley's going to probably get just 70, 80 yards total on a touchdown, but that's not 8,400 or 8,700 worth of production.
1: With you 1,000%. It's not just the run defense. It was what they do against the pass on running backs also. And you know what? I think you should feel fortunate if you're in, a season-long league, and you start early and get 10 to 15 points.
0: I'm not even projecting him for that much. So,
1: yeah. And that's in PPR. But still, yes, that's why I'm I'm definitely – there's no way I want to pay up for that price. He's been great this year, second-highest-scoring player in most leagues if you factor in quarterbacks. Um, But, yeah, not this week. Sorry.
0: Okay, well, who is your value play of the week at running back?
1: I can't, th- I can't narrow it down, so I'm glad I'm going first, and then we'll see if you match on this. But I've got two guys. I'm going to try and talk myself through it a little bit. Um, one of them is coming off of a bye, and that is Alex Collins. But it's on the road, and it's in Green Bay. And if Green Bay's got a strength, it's possibly their run defense more so than the pass defense. The other guy's Duke Johnson. Now, Jacksonville's defense is no joke. But if they're going to move the ball at all, it's not going to happen with the wide receivers. Their tight end does not inspire me at this point. So I think that Duke, just by de facto, who else is going to be able to be involved in that offense? Um, And Isaiah will be a little bit involved because of the run game. But you know what? I talked myself into it. I'm going to go with Duke Johnson.
0: Well, you know what? I I did look at both of those guys. I actually considered Isaiah Crowell as well because uh, before last week's game at least, Jacksonville – was pretty miserable against the run, actually. They, they're they're incredible against the pass. They're, they're probably the best defense in the league against the pass right now. But they are very vulnerable against the one. So I did consider both of those guys. But I decided to dive a little bit lower. Uh, I'm going to pick on Buffalo because Buffalo has allowed 10 running back touchdowns over the last three weeks. If you include Breeze's touchdown, they allowed 11 on the ground over that span. Uh, the guy I'm going to target, though, uh, you Well, it's San it's San Diego. It's Los Angeles, the Chargers. And Obviously, I can't choose Melvin Gordon because he would not be considered a value play. So I'm going to choose Austin Eckler. Uh, Austin Eckler outproduced Melvin Gordon last week. He actually looked better carrying the ball than Gordon. And he also was more involved in the passing game than Gordon was. Now, is Gordon going to score this week? Yes. Gordon is an A-plus play this week. But there's going to become a point in this game where the L.A. Chargers are going to be far enough ahead of Buffalo that... Austin Eckler will also get some run, and he'll probably score again this week, too.
1: I'm with you. It's the San Diego Chargers. I don't care what they call themselves or where they play. <laughs> I don't. Okay, it's
0: a drinking game. I guess we've got to drink right now, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I do it too all the time. Just can't help it. It's, I'm sorry. It's, and I hear other people say it all the time, too. So it's At San least we haven't
0: G- called the LA Clippers yet this year.
1: Well, that's true. Um, okay, so we didn't agree there. Um, wide receiver. Let's see. Who are you paying up for?
0: A pay-up for Tyree Kill at the Giants. Four, four of them. Wow. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was cheap enough on him that maybe he wouldn't be your pay-up guy. But uh, over the past four games, New York is allowing 215 receiving yards per game to opposing wide receivers. To go along with a total of six touchdowns over that four-game span, uh, they just simply don't have anyone fast enough in that in that defensive backfield. Even if Janoris Jenkins plays to, to hang with Tyree Kill,
1: even in even in their linebacking core which I think that they'll use some, as people call them, gimmick plays. Hill's going to get the ball in his hands a lot, and I think he's going to put up big points.
0: Maybe we'll see another one of those Hill Marys.
1: There you go. Um, no, you know what? You say at 7,100, you're right. Normally that wouldn't be my payup, but the, the high for the week's only 7,900. So there's no Antonio Brown up in that $9,000 stratosphere. So that's what kind of allows me to go that route. Um, I'll tell you who my pass is. I'm passing on Michael Thomas for the same reasons I'm passing on Drew Brees. Um, again, he he's not lived up to my expectations this year. He hasn't been horrible, but he's going to see a lot of Josh Norman, I think. And I just don't see this as a higher-scoring game unless New Orleans does that same work on the ground like they did this past week. Well,
0: and surprisingly enough, Michael Thomas has gotten— uh, a lot of targets this year. And he's actually averaging among the league leaders in targets and in catches per game. But I agree with you. I, I just, I don't feel like this is gonna be a high scoring game. I don't like uh, Thomas's chances of doing more than maybe like 50 yards and a touchdown. And again, that's, that's not what you're paying your high buck players to do. So the guy I'm going to stay away from though, is kind of a sneaky play at stay away. And that's golden Tate at Chicago. Well, let me explain opposing slot wide receivers are averaging only 2.8 receptions and only 26 yards a game against Chicago's slot corners. And only one slot wide receiver has scored against Chicago all season. Now, Kenny Galladay is back in the fray for Detroit. So that means that Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. are going to be starting on the outside. That allows Tate to move back inside where he's more comfortable. But he's not going to be comfortable going up against the Chicago uh, slot defense. Nickel defense.
1: No, I, I agree with that. I think that's definitely a, a solid recommendation. He's a little bit lower, although 6,800 is not far from that 7,100. I tried to stay in the sevens. Um, but yeah, he's somebody, if I owned him, I wouldn't be happy and I definitely wouldn't be seeking him out in DFS. Um, as far as your stay away, you're about to put me on the on the winner's board here with this one. <laughs> Are we going to? I'll go first and you're just going to. There's no value. Oh, you, your value play, you mean? I'm sorry. Oh, wait a minute. Did I? Oh. I had two stayaways.
0: Who's your second stayaway?
1: I put him in the wrong spot. I looked at a crooked. I'm getting old. What do you want me to say, AJ? <laughs> AJ Green.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, I, I would agree. No, I guess <laughs> uh, I, that's
1: the one I thought you would have had as your stayaway. I don't have a value play. Give me a second to look. Go ahead, go for it.
0: Well, then I'll give you two value plays. I'm gonna. The first one. one was the one that I identified as value play. Okay. And his price tag's actually a little higher now that I look at it compared to the rest of the league. I got my. But guy. he's still about halfway down the list and that's Sterling Shepard versus Kansas City. Uh, Casey has allowed the most touchdowns as well as the most yards to opposing wide receivers. They've also allowed the third most receptions to opposing wide receivers. Sterling Shepard is the only wide receiver of any value in that uh, New York Giant offense, and he was targeted relentlessly last week. I went for over 140 yards. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge game against Kansas City. Now, if that's not enough of a value for you, Let me dive once again to the bottom of the barrel. We're going to be chum scraping here for Bruce Ellington versus Arizona. Arizona has been destroyed by non-number-one wide receivers recently. Also, Will Fuller has some cracked ribs. He's injured. He's questionable to play this week. I really doubt he's going to play. In Tom Savage's three starts this season, Ellington has 18 targets. Plus, in the three games that Will Fuller has missed time, either missed the entire game, or like last week where he missed half of the game, and that Ellington has played, Ellington has two touchdowns. One of those three games earlier this season, Ellington missed as well. But Ellington will be on the field. He's not going to be the guy that's going to be named as a starter. That's going to be Braxton Miller opposite DeAndre Hopkins. But if you need to plug in someone for league minimum value, roll with Bruce Ellington.
1: Okay, you ready? I've got my two guys. I'm going to give you two guys too. And I'm not okay. going to pick either of your guys so that we're still at the same um, spot for, for, the, for in alignment, DD Westbrook with a caveat, as long as they activate him,
0: wasn't he supposed to be activated like four weeks ago?
1: It, you know what? He's getting close. That's all I know. But if he's activated and this goes against everything I say, when people say, well, should I play somebody that's been out or coming off injury, etc.?" cetera. And I'm always like, no, see them in action first. No, I want to see DD Westbrook in the lineup when he's activated that first week.
0: Didi was electric in the preseason. I'm all about that. And I think that uh, for teams that are looking for a quarterback in in redraft leagues or even in in keeper leagues, someone that might be on the free agent wire, go and find Blake Bortles now. His schedule for the next six weeks is ridiculously simple. That means him and the entire passing game in Jacksonville, which kind of gets glossed over with the fact that they're a run-first team. That passing that passing offense is going to have a huge second half of the season.
1: Yep. And my other guy, I'm going to say, and I don't think it's the best matchup defensively, but it's at home. Sometimes that's not a good thing with where this is in Chicago. But Dontrell Inman. Oh, look, I got Harley jumping up and down. You all can't see it, but I can.
0: I played Dontrell Inman in one of my DFS lineups last week. <laughs> I, I went there.
1: He was actually one of my blue light specials, I believe, on um, WDAE this past week.
0: It was a good performance. I mean, Inman showed last season and also the previous season while spending time in San Diego and then in Indianapolis that he has the capability of producing big numbers when he's asked to fill in for someone. Well, typically in San Diego, at least, he was asked to fill in because everybody else was hurt.
1: Yeah, well, that's well this kind is of what Chicago. He, yeah, same thing. <laughs> Everyone else is hurt. Exactly. And, and you know
0: what? Uh, Mitchell Trubisky— looked decent against a pretty rotten Green Bay secondary last week, but he actually got a chance to throw the ball, and he did something with it. It helps when you have someone to throw to.
1: Unbelievably. Um, I saw a a snippet come across Twitter. It was a college game. I can't remember what team now, but they showed that they won their game, and they only threw one pass the entire game. And I said, oh, great. Data that John Fox needs to implement in Chicago, just what we need to see. And then he winds up letting (laughs) – Mitchell throw it a little bit. So that's good. Um, Here's where we're going to get our fifth. I'm ready to move in the tight end.
0: I'm pretty sure we're going to get this one together. I should have thought about this a little better when I was planning this out. But uh, yes, the the pay to play, we'll just say it in unison. One, two. Hold on, wait. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Okay.
1: Ready? One, two, three. CJ Fields. Travis Kelsey. No, I'm kidding. Yes, it is (laughs) Travis Kelsey. Absolutely, it's (laughs) Travis Kelsey.
0: Uh, New York is a free space on your DFS bingo card, folks. <laughs>
1: yep. Ten I mean, weeks. Ten touchdowns. Nine
0: games, whatever. ten touchdowns. They they even gave up a touchdown week 17 of last year. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish there was a, a cheaper player because that's what I've been winning yeah. so much on recently is by, by putting those cheap $3,000 tight ends against uh, against them. Tyler Higby, Garrett Selleck, last week. Uh, this week, you're going to actually have to pay up to get the uh, tight end versus the Giants. So maybe the variance play would be instead of Travis Kelsey taking Demetrius Harris.
1: It's possible. But no, I'm going all Kelsey. Kelsey all day. But, um, what do we call him? Um Gronkowski. So here's the thing, too. Um, what's his name? Garrett Selick is a god. Did you see what he said after the game? I no, I, I missed it. Something like, I heard I was a fantasy sleeper, so I knew I had to get some to reward those people that were playing me, or something like that. Derek
0: Sachs <laughs> Anti- <laughs> had some success in the past. I remember a couple of years ago, Vance oh, yeah. McDonald was hurt, and you filled in for him.
1: Yep. Not the success his brother had in Philly. It seems like he's been there for 30 years, but that's another story. He comes from good stock. Yes. Who are you avoiding this week? Let's see if we uh, can avoid uh,
0: Vernon Davis at New Orleans. I actually had a hard time with this avoid because everyone I wanted to avoid was outside of the millionaire slate. There there were guys on Thursday and guys on Monday Mm -hmm. that I wanted to avoid, guys on the Sunday night game I kind of wanted to avoid. But you know what? I'm staying away from Vernon Davis. Over their last seven games, New Orleans has allowed an average of 2.7 receptions and only 23 yards per game to opposing tight ends. Now, they have given up three scores over that period, but are you going to chase a touchdown with Vernon Davis?
1: So here's the answer. Honestly, you can just say I'm avoiding everybody
0: because other than Travis Kelsey, if they're
1: not Kelsey, it, you can just avoid them because there's no reason to go there. Um, so, with that said, I'm avoiding Rob Gronkowski because if you're going to play Kelsey, you can't afford that salary for Gronkowski. That's correct. And if you play Gronkowski, then you can't play er, you can't play Kelsey. So, I'm avoiding Rob.
0: And again, I mean, maybe that's the thing that people need to think about as a variance play as well. Yeah. If everyone's playing Kelsey, then maybe this is the week that I have to play Gronkowski. But but at the same time, yeah, it's it's just too much of an obvious obvious.
1: But if everybody's
0: score, here's the thing:
1: <laughs> if he's if a player's chalk and he puts the chalk up and you don't play him because you're contrarian, then you you're lose. Burned. So if Kelsey puts up thirty points and Gronk puts up twenty, guess what? You lost ten points. I'm going Kelsey. I don't care. So sit Gronk who you, Who's your value play? I have all well, those.
0: Be, because you do have to fit celery in and on some leagues, you can actually start a second tight end. I know Fanball has that option. Uh, Draftkings has their Draftkings flex position. And I've been known to use two tight ends in my lineup lots of times last year at least. Yep. One guy I'm targeting is Tyler Croft at Denver. Uh, the easiest way to beat Denver is at tight end, where they've given up at least sixty yards and or a touchdown in every single game since week two. This includes allowing, get this, an average of six catches and 100 yards per week to the position to go along with four scores over their last five games. Last five games, they've given up 500 yards to the tight end position.
1: So I didn't go Croft. I didn't almost go Croft, quite honestly, um, because I had Kelsey on the brain. I almost put Kelsey as my bargain, Um, but I didn't. I'm going with, against my better judgment, playing a guy on the road. I'm going with Benjamin Watson because I'm not really sure who else Joe Flacco can throw to. Minimally, I think you're looking at six for 65, and there's always a chance of that touchdown. Um, so I think at $2,800, it's going to be hard not to get three and a half to four times value back.
0: You know, I, I, have, to, I have to say I'm against that play there because uh, of all the teams in the league, the team that's allowed the fewest yards, fewest receptions, and zero touchdowns this year to opposing tight ends is Green Bay.
1: That's why you play Kelsey. <laughs> and that's one of the I, I think times. I, I
0: think if you're looking for that play in the uh, Baltimore offense this week, it's probably Jeremy Macklin who has three scores in his five starts this year.
1: Yeah, that's not bad play, but he's not a tight end that's cheap. Um, and that is one of the few times where I think that even though we haven't 100% agreed on a pick – that we've just were like not completely and completely against that. <laughs> that just doesn't happen very often. So
0: that was, that was one of the guys I wanted to put in my stay away, but I thought this price was too low to put there.
1: Oh, it is. It honestly is. But again, honestly, this week, the tight end position is all about Kelsey. Don't look anywhere else. Find a way to get him in, craft the rest of your lineup to make sure he's in your lineup. Sorry.
0: That's the truth. And again, if if you've got the opportunity to play, uh, to play Kelsey, save money elsewhere because you know, his price tag is only 7,300. That's, not as high as we've seen Gronkowski some weeks. Yep. And, and realistically, this matchup this week, this is one of the best pure player on defense matchups of the season. We're not talking the best running back versus defense, best wide receiver versus defense, best tight end versus defense. This is just on paper, one of the best overall matchups of the season.
1: Yep. It really is. And of course that means he'll probably go two for 12 with a fumble or something like that. But,
0: well, everyone was overexposed to Antonio Brown this past week, so yeah. I apologize for that one. <laughs> uh, trust me.
1: But you know what? Hey, the thought the thought process, as long as the process is there, people can't complain. Well, they can complain, but you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah. So that's it. That's our DFS slate. And guess how many we agreed on, sir? Five. 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 You got it right. <laughs> as the count would say, Five.
0: I see. I, I totally forgot about the Travis Kelsey factor. I, I I should have realized you had him in there, and uh, that that would have probably at least bumped me up to four in my guess. But uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's okay. That's okay. All it right. It was
0: too obvious. Again, we had Kelsey on the brain. So
1: yep. All right, and again, that's why people, if you're listening, you know, didn't realize this. We never talk about any of this stuff in advance. We have no idea. It's all unscripted. We don't talk about any kind of notes or anything like that. Exactly. All right, except for the fact we talk about what is it that we're going to talk about outside of DFS this week. And Harley, let's tell them what we're going to talk about.
0: Well, it's getting to the point now in the season where dynasty holders, uh, keeper league players and whatnot, are going to start looking at players they need to keep for next season. And I, I think the easiest way to identify that is to look at how the rookie class of this season has performed to date. Now, so what I'm going to do for our listeners is I'm going to list off some of the popular uh, high draft picks in rookie drafts this season, guys who would have probably gone in the first round or two of your rookie uh, or preseason draft, and then I'll let Steve and or myself give a uh, grade, so to speak, to these rookies. Not that they're just wondering removed from college. I'm sure they've got some history with getting grades, or hopefully they do at least.
1: Yeah, maybe. Okay, that sounds good. And I guess let me add this. I don't know if I should add it before or after, but I'll add it now before you get started. This is a time of year where you really have to look at your lineup, your roster, I should say, your upcoming matchups, and your and your actual record. And what do you really truly think your odds of making the playoffs, and if you make the playoffs, of making a deep run are. Because if you're honest with yourself, which is the hardest thing to do in something like this, is to be honest with yourself, Right. Yes. And you're honest and you say, I really don't have a chance. And I've got one of these young guys or somebody else has one of these young guys and they're injured or they're underperforming or something like that. And I've got a guy that's probably going to help them push for a title. That's the situation where you need to move that vet that you're not really going to keep next year for that up higher upside rookie. I will say Dalvin Cook, and I'll let you start with him. But let's say you have Adrian Peterson and, I don't know, another extra wide receiver that might help somebody that's having struggles but they're a solid team, and you pick another running back if you want. That's where you do a double-up and try to get Dalvin Cook away, And and you let them know, hey, look, I know that he's a guy that's going to be kept next year, but you have a chance to win it all this week, this year. And that doesn't come along, you know, just like every year. So I'm giving you a shot, but I need something in return.
0: Well, you know, as the great orator and statesman Kenneth Rogers once said, you have to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. And that's the truth in fantasy football, at least from a dynasty standpoint. You have to know when to walk away from this season and know when to run towards next season, and hopefully uh, your team will be in better situations come next year. Yep. Uh, so you, you mentioned Delvin Cook. I was going to start with quarterbacks, but why don't we start with Delvin Cook then. What type of grade do you give Delvin this year?
1: I give him an A. I really do. I think he's going to be a top. I mean, the injury is a little concerning, but it was early enough in the year. Um, The Vikings showed showed that they were committed to him. showed that he could hold up under the workload. I'm not going to say workload contributed to that injury. I think he's a top eight, top ten draft pick next year in redraft leagues. So as a dynasty league, yeah, he's somebody I have no problem um, making a target and trying to acquire if the team that has him looks like they've got a true shot at the playoffs and winning it all.
0: Well, I was originally going to give him an incomplete, uh, but uh, that wouldn't be fair to Delvin Cook. He didn't get really a chance to truly establish himself this year. But what we did see of him looked very, very good. Dominant in both the running and passing games. I I think he's going to be a stud in this league for years to come. He's got a good surrounding complement of players in Minnesota, assuming they can find themselves a quarterback uh, for this coming year, uh, whether it be Teddy Bridgewater or whether Sam Bradford comes back whether they decide to keep rolling next year with Case Keenum or, as talk has been suggested, someone like uh, Mr. Uh, Cousins from Washington or possibly even Aaron Rodgers coming to Minnesota this offseason to lead the Vikings uh, for the future.
1: Oh, God, that's got to be a curse. Um, yeah, you know, we've given people, not we being you and I, but people, we, we fantasy players, have given people A's and made them Hall of Fame players based on preseason work, Okay. So Dalvin didn't play a lot this year, but you know what he had? He had a live preseason, if you want to look at it like that, against live fire, and I saw enough in what he put in in the first part of the regular season to say, yeah, I have an A on him no matter what.
0: Well, let's go from a guy who uh, had hasn't really had a full season to him to a guy who has played the full season, and uh, perhaps at least the first couple weeks of the season, you may have wanted to give him an A as well, and that's Kareem Hunt.
1: I'm absolutely still giving him an A. I'm probably going to give him an A-plus, honestly. I mean, tell me when Andy Reid, barring injury, has had a running back by committee. Never. And tell me what Kareem Hunt is doing differently now than what he was doing early in the season when everybody was like, oh, my God, look at this guy.
0: Not scoring touchdowns.
1: And touchdowns, as we know, are very (laughs) hit or miss and something that you really don't want to bank a player's grade on completely. So he's still going to be in that 8-12 to touchdown range, I think, next year. I don't have any reason to believe he won't still score some touchdowns this year. Um, He's probably a top 5 or 6 player for me next year. Um, I'd have to depend on my draft position and stuff like that. But no, he's an A-plus in my eyes. He does it all. uh,
0: as, As a Chiefs fan, I have to agree with that. My only major concern is that they still have Spencer Ware under contract. He will be back next year. Uh, I yeah. wonder what effect he will have in terms of potential goal line vulture work to Kareem Hunt. Again, we, we've seen a, a, a drop off, certainly, in the last couple of weeks in terms of touchdown production from Hunt. But uh, he's still putting up decent yardage, so I, I can definitely agree with him still getting an A. The only, thing yeah.
1: that, the only thing that makes me look at him as possibly not an A for next year is not knowing what happens with Alex Smith and if they went to Patrick Mahomes. That would bother me possibly a little bit. But then that just means I think Andy leans on him more, and having a Spencer where what that allows is that's the whole in my mind. What's the guy's name that was up in Buffalo? Um,
0: Mike Tolbert. No, uh, a couple of years ago. Thurman Thomas. <laughs>
1: yeah, but after Thurman, everybody wanted him to have more touches, more touches. Um, Jonathan Williams. Come on, no, not and I, I don't want to say um, not CJ2K, but, um, oh, CJ 2K, but oh CJ Spiller. That's it, Spiller. Everybody wanted yeah. him to have more work, more touches. And I was of the mindset that I wasn't sure that more was better. And with CJ, we found out less was more. So Spencer Ware could be used just sparingly enough to keep Hunt even fresher to be more effective with all of his touches. I'm well, not worried about you bring it up
0: at all. CJ Spiller when we're talking about the Chiefs, because CJ Spiller has actually been cut and re-signed by the Chiefs more times this season than he has touched the football. <laughs>
1: That's funny. I can't believe I couldn't remember his name. But it's that's. I always worry when people say, oh, no, they're going to sign somebody. Sometimes less is more. It really is.
0: Well, uh, we we're talking about rookie running backs. So let's continue the trend with another rookie running back who's seen a drop-off the last two weeks, but for possibly other reasons, and that's Leonard Fournette.
1: The only thing that keeps Leonard Fournette from being – An A++ is Leonard Fournette and Blake Bortles. So far, Bortles has gotten out of the way, but Fournette hasn't. They got Tom Coughlin there, and you know what kind of – what's the word I want to use for Tom? Disciplinarian he is. But, no, I think he gets it, and I I think that he's another one that – look, it's a young man's game. Fournette's a badass, quite honestly. Um, I'd like to see him catch the ball a little bit more, but – He's he's one of the he's the cream of the crop as far as I'm concerned.
0: OK, uh, going to one of the games that's going on right now in the background, the Monday night football game between Carolina and Miami. Uh, the running back drafted high by Carolina this year, Christian McCaffrey.
1: Let me take a look at something real quick. Let's see what Mr. McCaffrey has done through a quarter and about a half tops. Um, Two rushes, one catch, one target. Here's my problem. With McCaffrey, as long as you have Cam there and the way that offense is structured, he has to hit maximum value to return value with where you're going to get him. And he's—I mean that means he has to catch between 60 to 70 balls because it doesn't seem like they want to commit to giving him the carries that he needs. So because of that, I'm going to say probably a C+, plus, but to be fair, because he's electric and he can do it all if given the chance, probably a B-minus, but my guess is he's going to be overdrafted next year.
0: Okay, well, there's uh, I want to say there's one more running back that was drafted pretty high this year. And, of course, now my, his name escapes me as, we, as I looked down my list here.
1: <laughs> is, is it Mr. Mixon?
0: Thank you, Joe Mixon, yes. Uh, the, uh, the talented but uh, enigmatic Joe Mixon.
1: Well, can you tell me what Cincinnati's going to do with Marvin? Can you tell me what they're going to do with that offensive line? I'm sorry, the, their offensive offensive line, because that's what that offensive line is right now. Um, that's my concern. Uh, we've seen it before where a good talent is in a horrible situation, and that's my biggest concern with Joe Mixon. It really is. So he's another one. If you want to give an incomplete, it'd probably be an incomplete to him, not based on him but based on the team. And I'm just concerned of what the team's going to look like next year. So, again, he's somebody I think that's going to be overdrafted. If I could move him for a solid vet with better, you know, a lower floor and a decent – Ceiling, and maybe a pick. I think that Mixon could probably return that because people usually overvalue those types of rookies going in a year or two, and that's what I would look to do.
0: Well, we're talking about Christian McCaffrey here. It uh, looks like he just scored on a four-yard touchdown run, so maybe we can bump him up to a uh, B minus.
1: Nope, not going to do it. <coughs> no, okay. He, he, he could be a B minus. I just think he's going to be overreacted. <laughs> and the problem is, he's got such a small parameter that he has to hit to return that value. That's the problem with him.
0: Let's roll over to the quarterback position. There was four quarterbacks drafted really high this year. Uh, let's start with the guy who was traded up to be gotten right near the top, and that's Mitchell Trubisky.
1: So looking at the stat box, it Trubisky looks like he's an F. I mean, you don't keep him. But if you really watch the games and you watch him and you look at, first of all, they've got barely, barely NFL caliber wide receivers, right? Seriously. Yes. Um, lost his tight end already. Um, I believe that he is going to be somebody that's solid. Um, you probably could trade for him for pennies on the dollar in a, in, a, in a dynasty league, honestly, and I'm all about not paying much for a quarterback. So if he's somebody you could basically give not much for to get and stash for next year, I don't have a problem with it. I think he's, he might be two years away, but I think he's actually going to be somebody that can be a solid to plus player in this league.
0: Well, what people tend to forget, too, is next year there's a fairly good chance that he'll get back both of his starting wide receivers, Cameron Meredith and Kevin White, uh, which should give him two legitimate NFL weapons to throw to.
1: And he could be out without John Fox. That could be the biggest plus for him.
0: That would be a plus for anyone. Yes. Uh, Another quarterback that went really high this year was Deshaun Watson.
1: Yeah. Um Well, he came back from an ACL before, correct? Yes. So the fact that we know that he knows how to do that, that's going to be a plus for him. Um, I think that people probably still have a premium on him, and I don't like to put premiums on quarterbacks. Um, And he he outperformed my expectation, quite honestly. And I actually said I think that Bill O'Brien should be fired because of Deshaun Watson, not because of how great he was playing, but because of the fact that Bill started freaking Tom Savage over him to start the year. (laughs) So. Yeah, I like him. I think that he's, he's a B-plus to A-minus play. I wouldn't overpay for him because he's a quarterback. But, yeah, I think he's got a bright future.
0: Okay. Uh, a third starting quarterback from this year's rookie class was Deshaun Kaiser.
1: The, the Browns could actually have two top ten picks next year in what's a weak draft from all accounts that I understand so far. And I jokingly said, they said, what did the Browns do? And I said, draft two quarterbacks, improve their odds. No, Kaiser, is it's its all going to be dependent. Does Hugh keep his job? And Hugh's done some knucklehead stuff this year. So this is another player that's tied to this coach. Um, if Hugh stays, Kaiser, I still think, has a chance to be the future because they don't have much help for him at wide receiver. Um, tight end's been pretty bad so far this year. Um, so... For me, he's a buy and a stash because you probably get him cheaper. But I wouldn't be shocked to see Hugh gone and then somebody else come in, fall in love with one of those quarterbacks and draft him early again, and then Kaiser is relegated to the trash heap. And maybe at worst, he winds up being a Kirk Cousins a few years down the road.
0: Well, and the, the fourth big name drafted quarterback this year was Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah. I think Patrick's probably going to wind up having a spot. The fact that he hasn't really played or done anything because Alex Smith's been on fire this year, still will lead him to be overpriced if you try to trade for him. So basically, I think he's a hold. If you own him, you hold him, and you hope that he takes over. Andy Reid's a quarterback whisper of sorts. And then I think Mahomes has a big arm. you got Tyreek Hill. You got a, you've got a young tight end that's going to be in the prime of his career for him. So he's somebody that's got a bright future as far as I'm concerned because I wouldn't be shocked to see Alex Smith somewhere else next year.
0: Okay, we've got three wide receivers that were drafted very high this year with high expectations based on where they were headed. Corey Davis.
1: Oh, that seem I don't know. I, I'd go see just cause I really can't get a good feel for Corey Davis. What do you okay. think? What do you
0: think? Well, you know, I think it's a great offense to be in. Certainly Marcus Mariota is young enough that he has a chance to grow with Davis. And realistically, the rest of the receivers in that offense are kind of just a guys. Yeah. I mean, Rashard Matthews is been a decent ppr guy throughout his career uh he's gotten a few touchdowns the last two years uh but eric decker's passed his prime um delaney walker is on his way out the door uh they've got uh they've got targets to go to davis once he's healthy now and uh i, I think he's got a chance to develop I, i'm just the one thing i'm concerned about is that he's going to turn into laquan treadwell version 2.0
1: yeah, I guess maybe I'm and, – and my my point is, is I look at it and I just go, there's so many mouths to feed there that they don't commit to any one person. But, yeah, you're right. And looking at it, some of them are older. Some of them probably won't be there. Um, but I still see that as a smash mouth team that's going to want to run the ball. So even when DeMarco Murray's gone, Henry probably won't see 100% of the touches. I'll bring somebody else in to help complement that. But so I'm lukewarm on Corey Davis, probably more so than I should be.
0: A guy who burst onto the scene in week one and then kind of disappeared – Kenny Galladay.
1: I like Galladay because you know that Stafford's not going anywhere. Tate, even though he's older than a, a vet, Marvin's there. It's a good offense. Um, I think that Galladay's actually going to surprise down the stretch this year, too. So if you if you want him, you better get him before he does. Well,
0: I you did- know what? he's been referred to as Minitron because of his, his uh, physical stature and his likeness to Calvin Johnson, so... That's a good person to be compared to if you're a wide receiver.
1: It is. And if I had to give an incomplete grade, he'd be the one I'd give an incomplete grade to because we really haven't seen much of him due to the injury.
0: Okay. Uh, another guy who we have seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of drops from, is Zay Jones.
1: Oh, another one. Bad situation. I love what Sean McDermott's doing up there. But what's happening at quarterback? Um, and That's my biggest thing. I just. Zay's not somebody I would make a priority add. I don't think there's that much upside, even if he doesn't drop passes because that's a run-first offense. doesn't matter. Well, At
0: at the wide receiver position, we also had someone who was kind of a uh, a foreign exchange student, so to speak. He he joined the class midway through the season, Uh, didn't do a whole lot early on. That's Juju Smith-Schuster.
1: Yeah, Juju. Um, I didn't want to believe it, quite honestly, because I really found it hard to believe that Pittsburgh was going to move away from Martavis Bryant. I really think that there's a chance that he gets moved in the offseason, possibly. Um, Juju looks to be the real deal. But again, who's the quarterback after Ben? Because Ben's done. That's the Okay, we got,
0: we've got we got two tight ends to quickly go through here. Uh, I'm just going to link them both together, see what you have to say. Uh, OJ Howard and David Nyoku.
1: You skipped Evan Ingram. How about that?
0: Um, well, I just decided that Evan Ingram's already... Like yeah. he's, he a is. He he's, is. he's a guy he's easily either leader. So
1: he is. I also would be concerned with his future quarterback also though. Um, you know, both those guys have bright futures. I like OJ Howard better simply because it's a more established team. They'll probably have a better coach next year and they already have their quarterback of the future and they have a young wide receiver to help take some of that pressure off. So I like that opportunity and situation better than I do for Njoku. Cincinnati's. I mean, Cincinnati Cleveland's going in the right direction, But with that said, there's just still too many unknowns for me to invest in him. If you can stash him and get him cheap for pennies on the dollar, do it.
0: Okay. So there you have it, folks, some of the uh, rookies from this past year. And now, obviously, if you've got a high rookie draft pick next year, uh, you're going to be looking to take a guy like Saquon Barkley. Uh, But if you're not lucky enough to get him, obviously you want to tune into one of our preseason shows, uh, maybe get some insight as to the uh, rookie class next season.
1: And if you've been relying on the people such as Zay Jones and Kenny Galladay and Hoover and Joku and O.J. Howard, that means that you're not in a good spot. So you know what you do? You follow Harley at Nuclear Harley. You follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. You subscribe to the podcast. And the other thing you do is you get Blitz responsible. Cheers.